Hey guys, this is Mayank. And this is Eleanor. We're students at HEC Paris specializing in marketing. And you're listening to the Marketers in Training podcast, the show where we talk about the ins and outs of marketing as we learn them ourselves. Today's episode is about inbound marketing, an area of marketing that's taken off a lot quite recently. Hey, what is inbound marketing? It <laughs> <laughs> sounds so unnatural. I was trying to like act. <laughs> Good that you asked. Inbound marketing to me is when customers come to you to your business because of something that you have that solves a problem that they are having. They find a connection with you because you bring them value, value that helps them succeed. Before inbound marketing, there was outbound marketing. So outbound marketing interrupts the audience with information that they might not always want. It's traditional push marketing. Some examples would include print advertising, classic display advertising, search engine advertising and even paid social media advertising. The benefits of this is that you get immediate results. You can reach a lot of people really quickly. You can strategically target people who may not have seen your product otherwise. You can create good leads which are connecting with your prospective customers if it's done correctly. And this can also be a way to support inbound marketing. This is just a quick overview of outbound marketing. I think we'll probably do an episode on this soon uh, to dive a bit deeper, but Let's maybe talk about some of the problems outbound marketing that prompted us to talk about inbound. You know, outbound marketing is all well and cool, but there are big problems with outbound marketing. And one of them is that in order to be appropriate for the largest number of people, the message usually must be quite general. And what that means is that with traditional marketing, it's sometimes impossible to be relevant to a variety of specific needs and challenges. Although this is changing with, you know, the hyper targeting that's allowed with social media advertising right now, there's also a couple of other challenges, uh, you know, with outbound marketing. Right. One of them is that there's just so much noise out there that it's so hard to stand out when it comes to for example TV ads or billboards or even with social media ads. The average person gets bombarded with over 1700 banner ads per month, but they only see half of them and they only see half of them but imagine how much how many of them they're paying attention to and also if you think about how we see ads i think we were exposed to so many ads mm-hmm. that we get desensitized yeah right i mean i know personally that's my perspective and i think a lot of people feel this way so that just shows you that maybe it's not effective yeah it's it, exactly i mean like honestly i remember um way back when when facebook first started putting up ads right I used to ask myself that cuz like the quality of some of those ads was so poor that I used to ask myself that you know I'm I'm really not even looking at those ads. Yeah. And like so you scroll past. Yeah, you just you just scroll past, right? So how effective would they even be? I mean, they are they are effective, of course, because I know that paid social is a very very yeah. um you know it, it's a very good form of advertising and it brings a lot of results to a lot of businesses. But I feel like depending on what your business objectives are, I think that's not the only way that you should be doing marketing. And you know, another issue that's also a bit more recent aside from being desensitized is ad blockers. Right. You know? I don't use those. Why not? I don't know. I I kind of feel bad that I'm in marketing and that I would block marketing, so I just feel bad. I don't know. I I I understand that and I I I've <laughs> I've gone through that conundrum as well in the past when I started using ad blockers because I feel like so what I do is that on some of the websites that I really want to support I allow ads oh, on really? those websites through those through the settings of the ad blocker. Gotcha. But in for a lot of websites you know ads are just intrusive and annoying. You know it's not yeah. like as a marketer I feel like 
yeah you're right i should you know it it might it might benefit me from looking at the ads every now and then but just as a customer as a consumer yeah I, it's just annoying no but today i was like reading a serious business article and there's like bikinis that i was looking at online a month like a month ago or a week ago popping up beside me like zooming in showing me different models i'm just like i'm trying to read i'm not yeah. trying to shop right now <laughs> exactly i mean th- and also i feel like some websites do them well but like a lot of websites especially ones that you just happen to come across on google you know like they're not websites that you're like a follower of you know they they may not, they may not even like do the ads well like a lot of times yeah. i've seen ads like cover half the screen that's that's kind of yeah, ridiculous yeah but aside from ad blockers you know like so that's like an ad blocker plugin that you put on google but what people are also getting in on right now and like i'm a customer of that as well is for example on youtube right i have youtube premium so with youtube premium i don't even see the ads and that's not because mm. i'm using an ad blocker it's just because i'm paying youtube to not show me ads right so how would a brand reach me in that case yeah or like me a spotify there's a lot of premium yeah. uh packages you can get exactly so i mean i guess this just goes to show that with these new things coming coming out right i think pushing messages is not as attractive as it used to be i feel like earlier companies used to think of marketing as mostly outbound but i feel like now people need to think differently and not that outbound like is going to die it's definitely no. important and needs to keep going but um supporting it with a really strong inbound strategy can be really um effective yeah exactly i mean recently actually we had a i mean in one of the seminars that we had in our digital marketing class we had like a guy coming in and talking to us about outbound marketing it was a really really interesting seminar and one of the questions raised in the class was you know what's the optimum split of outbound and inbound marketing mm-hmm. and what he said was that you want to be doing you know 40% inbound and 60% outbound or was it the other way around i know it was 60/40 but i can't remember which is which i think it also yeah. depends on your business or something yeah absolutely you know? absolutely but yeah that that's a more even split than you would expect i think than exactly. people would realize exactly exactly so But now that we've hyped up the topic a little bit, let's start talking about inbound marketing. So, what is inbound marketing? I know we gave a definition before, but let's, let's go a little. Yeah, let's come back. Let's let's give a deeper definition. Do you want me to go for it? Yeah, go for it. So, inbound mark. So, nah. so while outbound marketing pushes messages to a wide audience, inbound marketing is magnetic. Oh, I like that. I like it too. Yeah. You're actually the one who worded that, but I do like it. <laughs> I didn't word it. I, f- I found it on a blog. <laughs> Fair. But you know, it's a cool way of saying it. So like rather than sending out just general messages to maybe an uninterested audience, inbound marketing is about attracting your best, most potentially loyal consumers, those who are actually looking for what you're offering. So right. when they get to your content, they find the help, guidance, education, entertainment, whatever that relates to the search that they were doing. So essentially, in inbound marketing customers come to you rather than you going to them because they're actually looking for you. Yeah. I I think that's a yeah, that's a that's a great way to sum it up. So I found this quote online by Joshua Gill who's an inbound and SEO marketing consultant at Inbound Authority and he says that inbound marketing is so powerful because you have the power to give the searcher or the consumer exactly what answers they're looking for at the precise point that they need it. That builds trust, reputation and authority. in whatever niche you're practicing this form of marketing in super cool but now the question arises how do you do inbound marketing what's the exact methodology or what are some of the ways that you can do inbound marketing 
So there's many schools of thought on this and many different terms are used, but we felt that the following explanation on HubSpot really captured the essence of how inbound marketing is done. Growth of your brand from an awareness, sales, or whatever standpoint you want to come from can be achieved by attracting, engaging, and delighting your customers. Once the cycle is achieved, it's essentially self-reinforcing because A, it retains an audience, and B, it keeps building that audience. So let's break it down. Attraction is attracting people to consume your content or become aware of the brand. This way, you are a trusted advisor, you create cool conversations, they wanna stick around and hear what you have to say or they wanna see more. So it's basically like if you're searching for, say, GMAT preparation on YouTube, you know, you find like this one guy who talks about his GMAT experience and then you really like him and that's why in the in, in the recommended videos on the side, you know, you see more of his videos and because you like that first video that he came into, you know, you, you start seeing more of his videos. So that's how you get attracted. I'm smiling because my young actually has a video on how to prepare for the GMAT that has performed pretty well. So um, shameless plug, <laughs> go check it out if you want to prepare for the GMAT. <laughs> no, honestly, yes, go check it out. But honestly, um, yeah, I was really trying to think of an example. It's but a that good just, example, it just came though. up. <laughs> But yeah, so you can do this by, like I said before, you can do this by doing YouTube videos. But I mean, traditionally inbound, like, you know, this kind of attraction was done with blogs and SEO, like the example I gave before about the email right. marketing provider. But it's it can also be done on social media. You can also do this on social media by, I think a good example would be like TikTok when people have like tips that they provide, like maybe it's a girl who's really into fitness and she's giving you tips of her fitness journey every day. She's not really selling you anything. She's just giving you free advice, basically. Right. And it's really valuable because maybe you maybe you try her workout or you try her, her protein shake. She inspires you, whatever. So it's just kind of like interesting educational content. Right. That's Yeah, that's really interesting because I feel like, yeah, TikTok, now it's being done on TikTok, but previously this was also being done on YouTube. You know, and Instagram. And Instagram. I feel like Instagram is a bit of a mixed bag because on Instagram, you can't really actively search for someone. So you usually just come across that person. And the algorithm isn't as powerful as, to me, the TikTok or the YouTube one. Yeah. But but social media is a really interesting example because like now, like for example, YouTube is social media. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. And like you can put up content on social media that attracts customers. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's that's really, really interesting. So reel them in. Yeah. You're the trusted advisor. Exactly. So then the next part after you've attracted is you want to engage. So you want people to follow you, become loyal to your message, and eventually buy something from you. So, but you can do this by giving them solutions and value for free. You're just kind of giving out what you know, what you can offer. You address their pain points, you help them achieve their goals for free. I know this is hard for some people to do, but it pays off. It really does. This is kind of the whole strategy behind inbound marketing and then people are making a lot of money off of this. Yeah, you know, like the, the amount of free advice that you can get on YouTube is insane. Dude, even beyond YouTube, on Google. Yeah. Any question oh, yeah. I have, I type into Google. And there's always somebody giving you free advice, you know. And I feel like you're more likely to buy from someone who you've basically, who's gained your trust by giving you free advice. And I think that's why this works so well. Right. And, and also, like, I think there's a lot of free advice out there, but then when you find one that really resonates or that's a bit different, then that's the person you trust a bit more. Yeah. And maybe, like, that for me would prompt me to maybe subscribe to the newsletter or follow them on social media because this person's message is actually uh, more helpful or useful yeah. to me, you know? And this can be either a person or it can be a brand. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. For sure. And um, so, like, once they've kind of, you know, you now you're following this person or this brand and you, you're loyal to their message, when they might offer something at a price, a product, it could be an ebook or it could be a shoes, I don't know, you are so down to buy it because you're, you're kind of into this message now, like you're engaged. So if you have like a blog that gives advice and is giving like really valuable advice for free, what you want to do is put in like a box that asks people for their email address. So now once you've put in a box and once you've got their email address, you can continue giving them free advice over email. Right. And then you can like engage them by, you know, with your newsletter or you can engage them by sending them links to other blogs that you've put up. Right. right. So but I guess the key is that like email marketing is a great way to engage your customers that you've got through an inbound methodology, but now you can like continue to engage them through email marketing. I guess another way also is just using a simple call to action. So I've seen a lot of people do this on TikTok where they'll give advice on a few things, a few points, and there's like, oh, and then they say, oh, if you want more advice on this topic, follow for more. So like it's just a call to action that engages people to be like, you know what? I like what she's saying. I'm going right. to follow her. Yeah. And another one that's like come up very recently is bots, like chat bots, and right. conversational bots on websites. So you would have experienced this probably where you go onto a website and you're reading something and then you have like a little pop up coming from the bottom right saying that, hey, you want to chat with us? You know, that's like, sure, I'm lonely. I'll chat with you. <laughs> but I think that could be really cool because that's a great way to get you know, your your prospective customer to take some action. They are giving you input. They're they're actually actively engaging with you. They're giving you more information about what they're looking for. I was going to say, but actually I'm questioning myself now. Like, can brands um, gather information then that way? Or maybe they can. Like if I, for example, uh, on a certain clothing website, I sometimes use a chatbot. So they can actually be quite helpful about a size. Like I'm in between this and this, like, you know, advice. And then they might have my size then like do you think that the company could use that information or probably i mean i don't see why not like what, they... you know the whole gdpr in europe at least yeah but you know you also like yeah i don't know I, yeah that's a, that's a that's a really interesting conversation actually about what amount like what level of information do chatbots actually retain i would argue or like i would assume actually that they do retain the information that you give them you know i mean you probably there is probably on the website they usually have a like uh except collecting information button. Yeah, exactly. But that's so. how but that's how companies use chatbots, you know. Like right. it's essentially like I feel like you want to engage because it's also like in psychology there's this thing where you're getting your customer to invest a bit into you. Right. And once they've invested a little bit, they're likely to invest more. So that's why when you do things like chatbots, you ask them for their email, you're getting that initial bit of investment and that's like really good for engagement. Right. And then what would be the last part of this little cycle? Find ways to delight your customer. This is where you actually add value to their lives or even post-purchase with continued great content. And so this can, for example, mean where if your customer, through if, if an inbound or even otherwise, like any customer has purchased something from your e-commerce website or like they've purchased, you know, this, this lipstick that you're selling, right? You can follow that up with like tips and tricks on how you can use that lipstick for them right right so that's a great way to delight, to delight your customer no I, I think that like providing valuable content after a purchase is part of this delight thing of like yeah just because you bought my ebook or my product like i'm still going to give you the free advice and value and entertainment or whatever it is that you want that doesn't yeah. stop and I that's guess. where the delight goes on because now you've like purchased something that you like or that you trust 
and you just keep getting more of uh, whatever value this person or, or I was going to say Mark, <laughs> whatever value this person or brand is going to give you. So that's the delight factor. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely important to do it. It's definitely really, really important to do it. I'm just like, I don't know if it's inbound, you know, but without a doubt, I feel like it's an important part in the inbound sales cycle. It's like, it's an important yeah. part of any sales cycle, essentially. What's really important about this delight uh, part of this cycle, we should also attach maybe a the link to this image so people can see it. Yeah. Um, What's important about this delight part is that this is kind of what incentivizes people to be promoters because they've now been attracted to your brand or your person or whatever, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like your yeah. brand, your message, they're engaged with you and they're like so um, satisfied that they actually are going to tell other people about it right. or they're going to share it to their story or whatever. And that's what you want because that brings you more people yeah. to follow you. I mean, a really good example of this is basically like tech companies, right? So when Apple, for example, launches a new phone or Samsung launches a new phone, they do such a great job with that phone. And then you have like tech reviewers reviewing it on their blogs or on their YouTube. This is an example of delighting. This is not inbound marketing though. That's not inbound, but you know, the reason I, I think that's saying. inbound is because then what's gonna happen is that when people are searching for a new phone to buy, they're gonna find the videos made by your customers, right? And that's an inbound thing. That's true. I guess also some companies might only use parts of the cycle. Like ideally you would use the whole cycle. Right. But I think, yeah, Apple, for example, is a good example of maybe using that like delight part. Yeah. Yeah. Apple does a really good job with delight. So like, I think not just, not just Apple, I feel like any, any kind of product that you're selling, I feel like this, this again ties into like UGC, right? User generated content. Right. Now, if you so in the delight part, I guess it can also mean that like, yeah, it, I, I think that's where it just like loops in like a circle where like, if you just create a fantastic product, people are going to be so delighted and like it so much that they're going to create content by themselves online talking about your product. Yeah, like it's like free <laughs> content creation. Yeah, exactly. And then what that's going to happen is that again, when there's new customers searching for that product, they're going to find not only your content, but also content by other right. customers. And usually user generated. So this is called UGC, user generated content. For sure. Because UGC is a lot more trustworthy or trust inducing than like company generated content. Yeah, because I think it comes across as genuine and authentic yeah, to a lot of exactly. people. So cool. So we, we went really in, in yeah. depth about this. That was that was cool. So now we can kind of go over some of the different ways of doing inbound marketing. We've kind of inserted examples here and there, but yeah. now we can kind of give a more, uh, I guess, organized breakdown of the ways that content marketing yeah. is generally done. Inbound marketing is generally. Oh, marketing. sorry. That sorry. Now we can give a general view of how inbound marketing is done. Yeah, one of the most popular ways to do inbound marketing is through content marketing. Content marketing is exactly what we described to you before, where you're creating content that's extremely valuable, that solves a pain point or solves some kind of a problem that someone's having, and then they find that content, and that's how you give them. Like, so that content is essentially going to be like free advice or a solution to their problem. And that gets you to like buy their product. And what would be an example of uh, content marketing? So content marketing, for example, could be, you know, so there's this, so there's this really cool company called Moment. These guys, they make lenses for phones, okay. right? And I think they do like, an, um, they have an amazing content marketing strategy. Like they have this YouTube channel, which has like more than 100k Wow. followers yeah it has like a lot of followers 100k was like quite some time back i don't know how many they have now but 
they have like a really active youtube channel where they talk not just about their own lenses but they ha- they make videos about phone photography they make videos about phone videography and give advice on that or that's like that's a good example yeah right and so when you're somebody who's searching for okay how do i make amazing videos with my iphone you search for that on youtube and you find like this you find a video by moment and they give you really really good advice and in that video you learn that yeah you know what this company this creator actually sells camera lenses right right so you're already hooked into their their content right and it's a great example of them providing value to solve a problem like the person doesn't know how to take a certain kind of photo or they want to take a certain kind of photo they search this uh youtube channel is offering it and they also happen to offer products but they're also giving you free advice yeah. that is helpful and useful yeah that exactly. makes people kind of excited and then they'll come back maybe they'll subscribe because they can have more advice in the future so exactly. it's a great example so another brand that does this really really well is glossier okay so whenever so glossier has its own blog right? well, it started it's actually started as a blog So okay, Glossy started, oh, I don't know the exact story actually. We should look this up. But basically, um Glossy started as a blog. I believe it was um it was like a beauty section of a magazine and then became its own independent blog. And it was just about I think giving beauty advice and tips and whatever to yeah, beauty and makeup tips. And it was kind of more about natural organic beauty, I think. Um and then it just built up a following and then eventually I guess they got inspired to make products because they clearly had like a vision they had certain beliefs and they made money so they were like why not make products I mean mm-hmm. now it's I think it's a over billion dollar yeah, business crazy. which is insane Yeah So yeah I think they're doing a, a really example. great job with content because you know like even though now they're a brand uh selling their own products but they still make blog posts about like beauty and skincare tips for instance Right right Yeah So in my experience and observation generally like content marketing works best for business cases where your product solves one or multiple clear pain points or needs. So in other words, if you want to use content marketing, you should have a clear understanding of the exact problem that your product solves so that you can craft your content and target those SEO keywords in a way that people with that problem will find your content. And you know, this problem doesn't even have to be like a very like a like a technical problem. you know it can also be just like your product just entertains people and the problem that people are having in this case is boredom which yeah people don't identify as a problem but sometimes you go on TikTok and you just want to laugh yeah like that that's that's some that's like a problem in quotation marks that mm-hmm. some brands or or individuals can solve by making you laugh or exactly you know. well i guess so another way of doing inbound marketing is through social media marketing which is very much linked to content marketing i mm-hmm. would say um Not but, always, but a lot of times. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap, I yeah. would say. But um the content I on social media is obviously it's voluntary, like you choose to follow or or engage with posts and it's accessible, you know. Mostly it's accessible. I guess some some uh accounts are private sometimes, but generally right. the ones that do well are are open or uh, public. But why would a brand have a private account? I've seen it happen. I've seen it more happen for individuals. Um But there's actually a me- there's a couple meme accounts actually that are private and I don't know why. I've almost always been accepted. One time one didn't accept oh, me. That's and I was like, "Why?" Actually, I know why. So the reason they're private is because it forces you to follow them right. to look at their memes because memes are very share worthy. And you can't share it if the person doesn't follow. Exactly. You're you're 100% right. But individuals do it too, but maybe it's for the same reason so that you can't share their stuff unless you're following. 
exactly so if you're making the kind of content that's like very um share worthy you may want to make your account private so that when people share it's a strategy yeah but I, most for the most part it's usually yeah. public so it's accessible which is cool the, the cool thing about social media marketing and yeah it's kind of like a method of communication between a person or a brand and then the like random consumers like us and it also creates i mean obviously the power of social media is that it creates networks that benefit from word of mouth so I, I just all the time whenever there's someone really cool that i'm following or inspiring i always would tell my friends about it so and that obviously can that kind of network effect can multiply you right know, thousands of millions right. social media marketing being inbound is also an interesting case because a lot of social media platforms are a combination of inbound and outbound a hundred percent you know like on facebook for instance you know your their paid ads component is outbound right but their organic part is kind of inbound where if a person is interested in your brand they would follow your page so they are coming to you that way right and then you feed them with content so it's kind of inbound as well but i think a better example of an inbound slash outbound combination is youtube where youtube has a paid ads component where you know you see the youtube ad before every video that you watch but it's also an inbound so youtube is actually the world's second largest search engine yeah so you know youtube is youtube that way it's a social media platform but it's also inbound so i think some platforms are better at it than others like instagram doesn't have that great a searching um uh, system is true. you know but tiktok on the other hand i feel like that is it it does a better job at putting across content that you might be interested in in front of you well yeah because of the for you page algorithm yeah. whereas instagram has a um explore page yeah the explore page but it's uh the thing is it's not the primary um, window you know yeah. tiktok the first window you see is for you page yeah. but i think another thing to note about social media marketing is that it's really important to like change the content between social media platforms mm-hmm. and i think some uh, brands or individuals tend to just i mean you should absolutely recycle your content because like might as well you know get the bang for your buck or bang for your time whatever but it's really important that if you're going to try and go for inbound marketing through social media that you uh you kind of adapt to the way the content is for each yeah so for example like youtube tends to be longer form videos you're not going to have like 30 seconds whereas tiktok is going to be 30 seconds to a minute and usually like quick fire tips or entertainment right. whereas instagram tends to be still but and like more uh what's the word like posed and beautiful and aesthetic but reels is now trying to come in and between instagram and tiktok yeah and then some I'm, i feel like most reels are just tiktoks posted onto instagram yeah <laughs> but anyways exactly. i think it's an important point as well yeah i think it's definitely really important and like i think your comment on recycling makes sense but personally i feel like yes you should recycle your content but i think if you really want to be successful and some of the more successful creators as well as brands i've seen online they actually have different content for different platforms and the reason for that is because what reason do you have to follow all the different accounts on all the platforms Very if true. it's the same content on all i guess what i would want to add to the point i made is that you should recycle your content as long as it is still valuable to the consumer right so yeah so it's not valuable to have five tips to do your hair nicely on tiktok and have the same exact video posted on instagram right. you know like maybe you have the five tips on TikTok and then have the beautiful after photo on Instagram like yeah, yeah that's a really good point yeah and i guess what you could do is that like suppose you've made a 10 minute long youtube video uh, you could like take snippets of that that's what i mean yeah and put it into different platforms yeah yeah exactly 
So the next thing we want to talk about is SEO. You know, this is a beast. <laughs> yeah, this is a beast. Yeah. But I feel like so SEO is essentially how a lot of content marketing works. You know, right. because SEO means search engine optimization. That, in a nutshell, it's making sure that your content is placed at the number one position or the number two position in the search results when people are searching for the kind of problem that you're trying to solve. So if someone is searching for hotels in Barcelona, you want to make sure that your hotel comes up top. Right. That's SEO. And, you know, doing all the things necessary to make sure that that happens, that's what SEO optimize, like that's what search engine optimization is. So this can get quite uh, complicated and like nitty gritty because yeah. it has to do with uh, algorithms. It has to do with like how well your website's built, how well the pages link back to each other, how relevant the content is, the photos. Like somehow, I don't know, Google is like somehow Google's algorithms analyze everything. It's very complicated, honestly. It's a black box. I think like, like no it would be cool to do an episode on this because we could learn more about it. But it's quite complicated, but really powerful. Absolutely. And SEO and content marketing, they go hand in hand. For sure. Because, you know, SEO is how people are going to find your content in the first place. And lastly, speaking of SEO, I want to talk about PPC. So PPC is pay-per-click. That's search engine advertising. Now, you may raise this point that isn't search engine advertising like paid advertising? Isn't that against the principles of inbound? I would actually argue that it's not because... What I'm talking about here is when you search for, okay, going back to that same search example of hotels in Barcelona, right? Now, you also see one or two ads that show up before all the other search results. Those are PPC ads. And that's inbound because even though the even though you're paying to have your ad placed there, it's only being shown to people who are searching for hotels in Barcelona. So if you own a hotel in Barcelona and you put your ad up there, because, you know, you can bid on certain keywords right. and maybe this is the keyword that you bid on hotels in Barcelona. And so when your ad is up there, it's only being shown to people who are interested who are, or who are likely to, you know, want a hotel in Barcelona. Yeah, no, it's super interesting. A little bit different than the other ones, but yeah. I totally... Um... This is the only one that is not free. So yeah. social media marketing, content marketing, SEO, that's free. That, that stuff that you do, your, that, that stuff that you don't have to like pay money to do. It yeah, takes yeah. time to do it, but you don't have to pay money to any company to do it. But PPC is the only paid form of advertising, but that's also inbound. Mm -hmm. So now that we've kind of gone over what inbound marketing is, how it can be done, different ways of doing it, we can just kind of talk about some benefits and then we'll do some real life examples. Yeah. So I guess the main benefit um, for both the brand and the consumer would be that it creates like a long lasting kind of genuine relationship between brand or person and consumers. This provides consumers with value that helps them succeed in some way or solve some problem. And um, they do this by consuming the content that either educates them with what they need or entertains them. And you know, the advantage of this is that even though like somebody who comes across your content right now and who doesn't have the intention to actually make a purchase, if you've hooked them enough with your content and if you've, you know, provided them with enough value, maybe at some point in the future in like maybe a couple of weeks or a couple of months when they're in the market for what you're selling, they will have you on top of mind because they will remember that, yeah, this company actually gave me a lot of value and I trust them. So now that I'm in the, like now that I'm in the market to actually take out my wallet and spend money, I want to give my money to them. Exactly. And the second benefit is that it's perpetual. The cool thing about inbound marketing, when you're creating content online, you put up a YouTube video 
or you put up a blog is that it's there permanently it's always going to be there you don't have to pay money for it to remain up there now when you're doing paid ads for instance your ads are only seen by people as long as you're paying for them to be seen by people but when you put up a youtube video or when you publish a blog post on your website it's always going to be up there people are, as long as people are searching for that content they they are going to find right. it and as a result it doesn't cost as much so the upfront cost might be a bit high of like actually producing a video or writing a blog post but you don't have to keep paying to have that thing seen by people so that's the cool thing so like going back to that gmat video example right i spent time to make that video in the beginning but now that video is still seen by people even without me doing anything right it's the beauty of inbound marketing yeah <laughs> so mayank you worked at a startup in la about a year ago i guess doing inbound marketing so maybe you could tell us more about that experience yeah absolutely so i worked at a startup called gigster and gigster is essentially like airbnb but for film locations right and so essentially on our website we had like these amazing cool properties that could be rented out for filming or productions you know and la has this huge production industry and you know there's always people searching for you know places to shoot their films or their photo shoots or you know things like that at so one of our strategies was to find these people or rather have them find us by doing seo and content marketing in the form of our blog so what we, the idea that we had is that we would make blog posts about say like top 10 mansions to rent in la for filming or we also had some properties in new york so top 10 penthouses in new york to rent for filming and we had a whole bunch of these articles like that which were talking about the best properties on our platform and the idea was that when people are searching for say mansions to rent for filming in la they're going to find that article right and as a result they find that article they go onto the website and then they see these properties they click on the properties they go to our site and make a booking and we actually observed that so so this strategy was not a short term thing it's not like we wrote a blog post and then in the next one week we got like 10 sales it doesn't work like that you write 40 blog posts and over the course of the next 6 months they start ranking on google 6 mm-hmm. months to even a year they start ranking on google and then after that you start seeing results so It was a very long-term strategy that we were playing. An interesting thing also, an interesting point to make about blogs is that if your blog is really well done, so for example on Gigster if it's I mean I've I've never been on their website, but if it's well done, it keeps the user actually on the website. So maybe they came to look for the top 10 properties in LA, but then you have links to other interesting relevant uh, articles and then they stay and then they look at maybe three or four articles then next thing you know they want to know what you're selling that also helps you be ranked better on SEO so it's like a cool interconnected yeah. situation another example of inbound marketing is basically the whole influencer business model it's it's essentially inbound marketing i would say there's maybe a bit of outbound marketing as well um wrapped up like disguised but um basically an example could be we were what so she's a New York based fashion influencer. Um she's pretty big in the US. I'd say she's one of the top US fashion influencers. How she started was by just posting photos of cool fashion she saw on the streets of New York and it started like that. Then she started sharing her own outfits and as you know, she was at first like thrifting and whatever and she was getting really creative about putting her outfits together and people were getting very inspired by this. So people started following her more and more for like fashion inspiration. 
Um, and the next thing you know, she's kind of building more, more and more of a following. Then she travels sometimes, and like now she has cool photos and cool locations. So people are getting inspired. They're discovering new trends. Like she's trying out new things that people didn't want to try, or that she's trying new things people didn't think to try, and she's inspiring to people. And um, next thing you know, brands want to work with her. And now she's kind of making some money. So I would say maybe those promotional posts were like, she's holding a Gucci bag that was given to her. That maybe is considered outbound. Mm -hmm. But um, but still, it's still part of this whole inbound strategy of like, she's getting, more, she's getting now more interesting products in her photos, which now brings more people in because now, I don't know, it's a more trendy thing. It's a more interesting uh, uh, item, whatever. My computer just died, so that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically, so now she's building up her audience even more. She has more interesting products. She has more interesting locations, perhaps. It's looking more professional and she's making money. So now she might eventually put out a product. She might collaborate with a brand to make uh, a certain item of clothing. She might make, so she actually made her own brand at some point after some collaborations and people are buying it. Like it's sold out in minutes because she's built up this really loyal following that believes in her style, that is inspired by her. And they even feel like they know her personally, so they want to support her. And this, it's a gift that keeps on giving. I mean, she is, she, I think she owns like a bunch of brands now. It's actually really cool. And she's actually to the point where she even is investing in cool brands that she likes. And she's trying to like bring up other brands. And um, this story can be kind of copy pasted for so many influencers. It's like basically how it works. I feel like influencer marketing is so interesting that way, you know, yeah. because the, the story that you shared is so, so interesting. And the point that you raised about how, you know, if when she's working with brands, it might be considered outbound marketing. That's true. But if you look at it from two different perspectives, right, the inbound part was not for the brand that she's working with, but it was for her. Because now as an influencer, she has a personal brand. This is true. So I was outbound for the brand, but maybe inbound for her. Yeah. 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 That makes exactly. Sense. Like her being able to build her own audience like that, that was all inbound. Yeah. Right. I don't think she would have put up ads on Instagram saying, follow me. Yeah. Right? She doesn't need to because people are on spiral already. And then when she puts out a product, like she creates her own brand or something, her marketing is done. Yeah. Because people already are in. They're loyal. They're engaged. I think that's just a testament to the fact that, you know, inbound marketing it takes time. Like it really takes yes. a lot of time to show results, but it's like this flywheel that once, once it gets going, you know, it just runs by its own momentum. It's time and consistency. Like yeah. you need to, I think a lot of people are like, Oh, I want to be an influencer. Like, how do I do it? You have to consistently be putting out content that is valuable to people. And that's how like people like we were, what have really done so well. Yeah. All right. I thought that was a really, really interesting episode. Also one of our, longest episodes i wonder how long it is i, I, I don't know i'm <laughs> gonna edit this and see <laughs> yeah but thanks a lot for listening if you've listened to us till here we really yeah. really appreciate it so if you've been listening this far we've had a couple episodes at this point so we have something to go off of if you like what you're hearing or you have uh feedback or even like ideas for what we should talk about next we would love to um get a nice little review from you on apple Podcasts, or you can rate us hopefully well yeah, absolutely. And we will hopefully see you, or we won't see you, but hopefully you'll be here next week. Yeah. Again. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>